there you charging. go. What's up, motherfuckers? Yes, dude. Four what are you up three. to, man? Man, I'm just living the good life. Smoke them if you got them, bro. I just want to say that game was a hell of a game. Shout out to everybody who watched that with us. We appreciate you guys joining us on YouTube. It's so much fun to hang out during the games. It really is, man. I, I, I got to say is that we have a, a couple um, uh, guys that come out there a lot. Uh, Jared and uh, Unk. Yeah, dude. It's always nice to see those guys. Uh, for me, I know this is not for everybody. It's one of those things that getting in front of a mic, even for me, is difficult. So I totally get uh, why a lot of people aren't coming. But what I want to start doing, Mark, and this is something that we got to look at, is opening up the call 100% opened on at halftime. All right. We do our own fucking halftime show, half and we all show. sit there. We all hang out. Uh, Smith's, uh, all these other guys at Caleb, all these other guys that have come here before and been on the show. I think we need to start doing that. I think it'd be really, really cool if we just start doing the halftime hangout show, um, and just ball out like that. Uh, it's usually about 30 minute show and halftime is boring as fuck anyway. So sitting around and talking to a bunch of dudes seems like a hell of a good idea. Kind of like a circle jerk without the jerk. Or we could do everything, whatever you or guys we could do it all. Too. So I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast today and he oh, was good. talking Joe's to like Friedman about using anal beads to win at chess, vibrating anal beads. Um, yeah. That really doesn't have anything to do with anything else. I just want to say that, Dave. Back to you. Um, vibrating anal beads. Haven't tried that yet. Um, but man, you so, could be good at chess if you got good at feeling the vibes. Dude, I, I got to say is that I think I could get good at anything if I was feeling those vibes. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I probably could conquer anything <clears throat> so speaking um, of conquering anything bro our rookies how about their shit defense? bro holy crap case and wallace four steals including incredible harassment defense on trey young chet how many wore him down did? dude did check get four blocks himself i feel like it was like one of those He's games pulling it up right now man his just presence um he had one possession he didn't get a block on the first challenge he had at the rim stands the guy straight up no foul perfect defense recovers and blocks the next shot so not every single thing that he does is going to be counted in the stats exactly man he had three blocks on the night but to me really where we want to highlight and really get to is just like mark said the defensive aspect these rookies bring between chet and uh case wallace they had uh four steals i'm sorry we had five steals and three uh, three blocks. So essentially, Kaysen didn't get a block, but he had four steals. So you look at that type of defense, and you see how he was able to shut down Trey Young, even for it was a small amount of time that he played on um, played him. I still look at that, and I the reason why we won the game in uh, Dort cut off that shot from Trey Young and blocked that shot from Trey Young is because Kaysen Wallace Dort. Um, throw out Andrew Wiggins for seven minutes. Like these guys played against um, Trey May or Trey uh, uh, Young, and they really did an enormous job on him, really shutting off his lanes, making every shot difficult. Uh, he shot like something insane, like a uh, five for 18 on the night, one for five uh, um, three-pointers. He got to the foul line 11 times, which is just disrespectful considering that Shea only made it to the foul line six times. But I have to say, though, I like the way that we played him. We dared him uh, to do the things that he didn't want to do. And honestly, there's a couple times that he shouldn't have hit a shot. So really, you know, Trey Young hitting those crazy shots that he does, if he wasn't for that, he would definitely be under 
uh, 20 points. So great job for these guys in, in playing Trey last night. Let's talk a little about Josh Giddy. Um, you know, I thought he played a really good game, super aggressive, um, overcame missing some shots that I know he felt like he should have hit, which can be frustrating. But we talked about it at halftime. Stay aggressive and things will happen. He stayed aggressive and bad things happened at first. He stayed aggressive toward the fourth quarter and everything started opening up for him. So great stuff by him. But also, like, he got a technical. He got a technical and he really didn't show up the refs. I just feel like overall it kind of points to a level of disrespect or how about this? A level of respect that we have to earn, you know? Yeah. yeah what do you think about it? Yeah, it, going over what Josh did last night, he had eight points, uh, four assists, seven rebounds, three of which were offensive. Um, you know, four for 13. So it wasn't necessarily a good uh, shooting for him. But how many shots did he take? It wasn't many, man. He was It was all layups at the rim. I think he missed eight or uh, seven or eight uh, really close in, you know, proximity of the rim. You know, like in and out. How many of like those halfway do you think down. normally make? So on, on a normal game, this is something I've gone back and forth with. Let's just say that he, you know, hit five or eight of those, right? So he would end up with the night with, I don't know, like 18, 20 points, 20 points which is yeah. normal for him. So it was just, it was hard for me to watch Josh struggle that much because he's being so aggressive. He wanted it and he was just not falling in. And the shots that were falling in that, that when he was finishing, it was like, damn, that was a nice shot. You know, like he was utilizing all of the backboard. He was utilizing all of the space in the lane. He was doing everything you want except for finishing. And to me, that's not a knock on him. That's just a, you know what? It will go in and we'll be all right. For sure, dude. What's up, What's up El Sombra? Um, two things from El Sombra. Every Chet block turned into a bucket on the other end for us. Nice, so dude. There, El Sombra. Number two, last year we started out four and three in the first seven, but we started out 0 and three at the beginning. We went we got the next three of the four wins against injured teams, which is completely opposite of this year, as we've never been below 500 this year. At this point, seven games in, and El Sombra, you're exactly right. That's one of the big reasons we're like, oh, man, we don't want to drop this game to Atlanta, right? Because like all of a sudden, it's like the wind is out of our sails. We're below 500. But yeah. who's up next, Dave? We got Wednesday. Like We got to keep fighting because we're not going to automatically stay above 500 here. We'll get is- the Cavs again. Uh, yeah, the Cavs again, bro. That's tough, bro. That's a, that's a tough one, especially just playing him recently. But, you know, it's the way the cookie crumbles, man. How do you feel about Atlanta? Like, we beat them. I feel like they actually have a pretty good team. But- yeah, they got a great team. They've got, they've got a good bench. Mark, you said, like, multiple times, damn, they've got him coming off the bench. So they've got a good bench. They've got a good starting lineup. I, I feel like they're very well-rounded. So for us, this was a great win because of that. You, you look at guys like Isaiah Joe, who started the game 0 for 3 in three-pointers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they and then up he comes to the corner and he just nails the corner three and he gets confidence and hits the next two right in a row. Hits like three threes in a matter of like, I want to say 45 seconds, maybe 50 right. seconds. So like anytime that you have a player that's able to do what he's able to do, uh, that's incredible. You had Case and Wallace, who's just out there, like we've already talked about. But Dort, man, Dort's been bringing it up a whole new level. And I, and I said this before. Incredible. Yeah, and I said this before with Dort is that if we could get Dort playing the you know to the level of averaging twenty points a game, this team is going to be almost unstoppable. Because if you put Dort at twenty points a game, then the rest of the guys are just making up these extra buckets. And I think that's the thing about it is that Dort was incredibly efficient. He shot six for ten on uh, just ten shots on the night, man. So he was able to get nineteen points on ten shots. And and to me, like that's what we have to go with. Like having somebody that's 
an extra piece like that is a complete and amazing thing to have because without Dort last night and the way he shot and opening the floor for Shea, we don't win. And Shea doesn't score 30 points because Dort shooting the as well as he has in the last two games has made it impossible for anybody to leave him alone, which in you know is the exact thing that we need to have when we have spacing out on the floor. Uh, Shea said it um, at the end of the game, he just wanted to come in and, and, and be uh, an extra piece because of how well this offense ran against uh, Golden State. And that's exactly what Shea is able to do. He comes in there and is able to fill that spot so well. It's everybody, though, man. And, and the way that we run that offense and the way that everybody's getting downhill and recognizing who get to, uh, where to get the ball and who to get the ball to is the most impressive. Dort leads that way, man. For whatever reason, he stepped up this season. And I got to say is if there's been one player that has impressed me the most so far in the season oh, yeah. with wanting it more than anybody else, it has to be Dort, man. It has to be Dort. Yes, we got rookies that want it really bad, but Dort's ass is on the fucking line right now. Cason Wallace is playing like an animal out there. And what does Dort do? Motherfucker, I got another level I'm stepping up to. And that's what we need. Yeah, man. I mean, appreciate you, Alessandro. What's up, Mawani? Hell yeah, Alessandro. Appreciate um, that, man. You know, kind of building off of what both Mawani and Alessandro are saying, like, Dort stepping up into his role, um, playing this level of efficiency, um, playing the level of defense, and ultimately, to back to Mwani's first point, like we held the Hawks backcourt in check. Like we're talking about two All Stars, Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. We came back off of playing two All Stars, you know, two of the greatest players ever, really, with Steph and Clay. Um, and we're sitting there and we're ding up. We're ding up. What's these up, buddy? Elite guards. These guard. These teams have been built around having two elite guards, right? And we have no problem matching up with them and shutting them down and keeping them in check. It's it's just really been a beautiful thing. And back to Alessandro's point number three, like this is what we've been talking about. You know, it goes back to Chet, it goes back to Kaysen, it goes back to this immediate impact. I mean, let's just think about that real quick. If we were to take away Chet from this year, what's our record? Um, I, I think I think we'd probably be something like um three and four probably right now. Two and two and three five, and four. Maybe? Maybe two and five. I, I think I think I think Shea's played well enough, and I think the the games that which games would we win with without Chet? <laughs> Maybe one. Well, I, I look at what I do you mean, guys think, Alessandra? What do you think? What do you think, Mwani? What's up, Naveed? Good to see you. What do you guys think? If we didn't have Chet, where would this season be at? Seven. I games think we beat the Pistons. All right. Um, I think we beat the Bulls. I agree with that, but that's it. And you know what? We might not beat the but Bulls. I, I do think that we could get what, a win against like against the Bulls, bro. What's Chad that? Had a, Chad had a huge game against the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. We might not beat the Bulls. You're right. We might be we might be sitting in the shittiest position to be like, okay, well, um, who's next to us? Oh yeah, yeah, Memphis. <laughs> right, and then at two and five, like Naveed says, and that's kind of where I feel like I'm like. What what are we looking at right now? And I'm not. I don't want to be facetious. Like this is this is no lie, dude. Uh, we're looking at draft picks. We're looking at the up and coming players. If we're two and five right now, yeah. And that's just because without Chet, we're like we're we're still a piece away. But with Chet, we're like, sure. hey man, like four and three ain't bad. Four and three is nice. Like let's stay above five hundred. We're not. Nobody's thinking about draft picks. We're just thinking about incremental improvement, development. Let's get all right. Better. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Calves. Kings, Suns, Spurs, Warriors, and Warriors. 
All right, that's our next games right there. Where do we go? One, two, three, four, five. That's six games. All right, we'll Bro, go even so we can sit. Some I'll people just, say 500. I'm just going to say it right now. Like, there's a very good chance we lose all those games. All right. Let, I mean, let's as, just, as, let's a, just... as a big Thunder fan, if I was looking from the outside and I said, which one of those games do you think the Thunder should win? I would say none of them. All right. No. I'm going to play. I'm going to play what I love to do right here. Let's go with this. Cavs. Let's just say we lose the Cavs game because we already beat the Cavs and so right. close, right? That one. We'll beat them. the Kings, beat the Suns, beat the Spurs. We split with the Warriors. I think we could go four and two over the next six. But okay. But why do you think we're going to beat the Spurs? Why do I think we're going to beat the Spurs? Because I think when a push comes to shove, is the Spurs kind of made us upset the last game we had against them. All right. So, and I, knowing that everybody is talking about Victor this, Victor that, Victor this, and Chet's not getting a single word right now, everybody's going to be watching that game. And on top of that, it's a tournament, tournament game. So everybody's going to be watching that game. And I, I feel like if, if Chet comes out there and just plays astonishingly, elite, astonishingly well, which I know he can, then I feel like everybody's going to stop and be like, okay, this is ridiculous how much Chet is better than Victor right now. Okay, but here's the thing. Realistically, the Spurs just beat the Suns like twice. So, like, if the Spurs, if the version of the Spurs that are playing right now, if they stay healthy and we play against that version, but like, what are the Suns' weaknesses, bro? The I Suns' mean, weaknesses is when their guys come off the floor, their starting guys come off the floor, right? right. What is the spur? One of the Spurs' weak, um, strengths is when the guys come off the floor, <laughs> right? On top of that, Victor's pl- playing like thirty-eight minutes a game right now in some of these games. Like, his minute use is high. That's not going to continue playing against us and stuff like that. I'm not going like, to do that because we're we're going to be harder to match up with. The the only game that we look at and we say like for sure we should win, but there's also like the unknown is that Spurs game. Like yeah, well, Spurs. Listen, I think we could win both both Warriors games because we just hate them so much. We hate that, them. I know what you mean. So much, bro. I know what you mean. But let's just face it, dude. Like we're not. Unless they don't come in focused, we're not like a better team than them. Them, we're on, we're on our way up, and they're on their way down, or they're plateaued, or whatever. But I, I think we're like this right here, man. I think there's there's moments that we can be better, but like I think this last game, if coach is getting into the locker room and he says anything to the guys, is like you let the game stay close, you let the game the 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 game come down to one shot. Like I I think that's the thing is that like if you're sitting in a position as a coach and saying. Um, refs this, refs that, blah, 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 blah. No, if you're looking at it and you're being smart about the situation, you say, guys, this game came down to because we did not finish. We didn't finish some easy shots. And that's as simple as that. Like, we got to get better next game. And I we know saw what, what happened was Shea's almost whole like week shit. of break. The, I didn't think the Warriors played good. I mean, Steph had 30, but it was just like, like they won, they know how to do what it takes to win because they're like that. Yeah. But I guess my only point is, like, say we did drop all but one of the games that yeah. are upcoming, like so we wouldn't necessarily, be, we wouldn't be off for what we're trying to accomplish this season because this is just one of those stretches where you look at it and you're like, like the Kings are really good. I think Fox is still out. I'm not sure, but last I heard, he was. So they're like, two and five though right now with the Kings. There's a soft spot there, but also if you look at what the Kings did last year. And they, when they played against us, how well they played, teams tend to play really well against us. And if they get confidence, they can come back and play that game again. Like I, I hear you. 
but like I, I this is where I I really struggle is that the Kings were really good in a what I would consider a weak conference last year or injured weak conference. Okay, like mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think that in a normal situation that the Kings could go out and win forty eight plus wins. So I but looking at this Thunder team and seeing the structure of this Thunder team and seeing if this was last year and this team was as good as we are now, I, I think the Thunder would could win fifty two games. Against the are, West last there are year. tough parts of the season. And, and, and I got to say this, those tough parts of the season is looking out right now seem tough, but as we get closer, we're going to see injuries. We're going to see people go down. And then all of a sudden those tough games aren't going to be very tough because there's so many of these old teams that are one injury away from destruction. We saw what happened when we had one injury. It was Shea. We played against the Warriors, lost by two. You know what I'm saying? Like we could have guys go down and miss games and be part of their rest and be okay. A lot of teams don't have that luxury to sit KD or sit LeBron or, you know, sit, you know, Joker. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have that luxury. They have to lean on these guys to go 30-plus minutes, 35, 36, 37 minutes. They're going to get injured throughout the year. And leading for this young Thunder team to go on these winning streaks that people are going to be like, how in the world do they do this? Well, it's because everything lined up. They're playing well and injuries happen. So if we could find a way to somehow, like even Atlanta, like that was not a given. That took everything we had and we still were able to close it. But like, we're still learning that like, hey, we can beat teams and here's how you close a game, you know, and you don't have to come from behind at the end to win. Like that's how we usually won our games over the last few years. And now we're like, hey, you're ahead. Keep the distance. Keep, you know, keep finishing. I heard, uh, I think um, J-Dub say, you know, we played our best when we weren't playing to keep the lead, but we were playing to be aggressive. And that's that's a new thing for us because it's like we get the lead. Did like you right see Coach calling timeout and saying He's that? Pissed. You're right. He was pissed. He's like, why were you guys doing this? Run the offense. Run it. Keep running it. Discipline. And, uh, you know, like that's what we need. We have a bunch of young guys learning how to walk right now. And as much as that's insulting to hear, it's not more insulting than – reading the top 25 players under 25 and realizing two things. One, we don't have a player in the top 10. In fact, Chet was ranked 13th on mm-hmm. that list. It's insane, bro. Like, it's truly insane how much disrespect. We had 13, like 15 and 16, or 17 and 18, whatever it was. Jalen uh, Williams was 17, and 18 was Josh Giddy. That's it. And it's just like, well, again, we cannot rank Chet higher than he needs to be. This is, we can't do that. You know, like this team will, everybody will like this team too much. Like what's going on right here? I have no idea. It's the most disrespectful bullshit I've seen in a long time. But here's the thing, right? Everything I said is true. Like we could drop all these games, but there's a place that a team can play where they understand that nobody else's opinion about the team matters other than the people in the locker room. And if they play for each other, if they play for the next open guy, if they pay for the extra pass and the extra pass on top of the extra pass, right, we become incredibly difficult to beat. And that's even amongst teams that have been elite for a long time because we have that many guys who can contribute in so many unique ways that need attention on the scouting report that teams are just bound to make mistakes whenever you run out different lineups like Coach D does. Um, and when you can really lock in and say like, hey, 
the world is against us. Most people don't think we can get this done. I think on the flip side, we could win seven games in a row right here Hmm. and walk through it in kind of the same way that we did in January of last year, where we went on the road and we were supposed to drop half the games, but it was like a seven game road trip, five to seven game win streak that all of a sudden we went from just outside the playoff picture to right in the middle of being able to hang on for that playing game. Hmm. And the whole NBA took notice. Like it was even, there was outside of the NBA fans because the games were, were nationally televised. Some of them were, we had ESPN buzzing, we had TNT buzzing. So it was a really exciting time. And I feel like while I do believe we could lose all these games, I feel like this is the moment where the team kind of like says like, we're for real, like we're not a 500 team. And if we could take this moment and actually advance our position while we're going through some of the tougher spots and then take care of business when the, the schedule lightens up a little bit. And then some of the elements, like you were saying, get mixed in there. Like we're looking at the team. We're like, Hey, um, this team coming up is going to be a tough team, but then the circumstances and this adversity the team faces. And now the team actually isn't as tough as we thought when we got the schedule was released. That happened a lot last year. There are a ton oh, yeah. of teams where like, this is going to be an elite team. And then it was like, you were like, Hey, this could be an easy game as the season went on. And that will happen. So all those circumstances man. coming into play and our next man up mentality, Coach Dagnalt being the man for the moment. I mean, like, let's see what happens. Let's just keep showing up. Let's enjoy the ride. But I have a feeling that um, we know we haven't even played our best basketball yet. But Hell yeah, dude. I need to give Shay a ton of credit because you mentioned something that, you know, there's a discussion while we were watching the game with everybody. It's like, is this team better without Shea? And and we weren't saying like, is the team better without Shea as much as like, do the rest of the guys play up whenever Shea's out there? And when everybody else plays up, what does that mean? Are we, in fact, maybe a better team or maybe a better ball movement, maybe a better whatever? And Shea came back and he was like, I noticed it too. Yeah. That's what I felt like he yeah. said. He said, when we were out, we were playing really good. Actually, you, you say mm-hmm. what you said, because I don't remember exactly. No, I was just saying is like when we see Shea out of the game, a lot of times we see this offense like at a very high level. Like everybody's passing the ball. They're getting a foot in the lane. They're just doing something at an incredible level, right? And I like it. Like When Shea comes out of the game in games and you see the offense click, right? And then Shea comes back and we start relying on Shea. We come down the court and we see a pick and um, roll and then we see a lazy pass to Shea or whatever. Like it just gets in the monotonous, you know, aspect of it. And it's just going through the the, the motions. So when I'm looking at this and I'm seeing this and I see Shea come out of the game and the guys start working harder that we watch the Warriors game where we put up 139 points where our offense was on point. Like it's not a knock on Shea. Like, it's just, we rely on Shea a lot. That's not a diss and saying, when Shea gets the ball, the offense stops. No, because that's a whole team thing. That's not just a Shea thing. And I, to me, like, I, I see what Coach D is, is trying to get through the guys, especially, you know, he's using a lot of timeouts, guys. If you watch him, he uses a timeout and he goes right to the spot that he wants the player to look at him at, and he talks about that spot, you know? And it's important that these guys are understanding where to be at because the offense, when we're running the offense, it's perfect. We saw it last night. Shea was part of the offense. He wasn't the offense. You know, James Harden said it, and it always has bugged me. Um, what it was, it was um, um, I am not part of a system. I am a system. You know, like 
Like, think about how many NBA players are like that. Whereas Shea says, I sit out for a game and I recognize the system is running at a high level and I just needed to go in there and go for the flow. Like, that's a mature-ass man right there. That's somebody I want to be a leader on my team. And that's why we have to sit here and we have to get excited about this Oklahoma City Thunder team. We're not sitting here fucking around with names anymore. And that's why we'll be back here tomorrow at 8 o'clock, guys. Uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. And I'm excited about the Cavs, man, because if we can pull this win off right here, that's the second game against the Cavs, and they can go suck Cavs' dick, man, because we're good. And, and realistically, we are playing better basketball than we were then. We just are. We're a better team than we, we were then. And that's a testament to the development of these guys. Shout out everybody in the chat. We love you. Thank you for Appreciate hanging out guys. with us. And we can't wait for the next game. Appreciate you, Alessandra. Once again, Alessandra, thank you. And Shout out to Dort, too, right? He heard all the cows were asking him. Love you, Dort. I, 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 said, I hope you know that there's no diss. No diss for you, um, Dort. I just challenged you, and I'm glad that you somehow are out there. Listen, we love you guys. Love See you, you next time.